Welcome to the Help for Solopreneurs podcast, where business leaders share their experiences, knowledge, and resources, all in the name of helping you succeed. Here's your host, Chris Gunkel. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Help for Solopreneurs. And today, I have a very exciting guest with me, and I think you're going to get a lot of value out of this interview because the person I have on with us today didn't have a background in the field that he's in right now. He's completely self-taught, learned how to do this just a handful of years ago and, and has been able to go and turn it into a full-time career and now helps other people learn how to do the same thing that he did and, and really better their lives. And, and that's his, his big drive right now is devoting time to help other people in their lives and, and going along the same path that he's taken here. So today I have with me a web designer from Arizona, actually lives not too far from me, is a UX web designer, and he's started off as a musician, actually, before he, he switched over to web design. His name is Chris Misterick. And Chris, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. How are you doing today? Chris, so good. And thank you so much for having me and appreciate what you're doing with launching a podcast. I love it when people strike out to do new things. So thanks for having me on the inaugural episodes. It's a It's an honor, man. Yes, thank you very much. And and before we jump in and, and get to all the juicy bits here, uh, I like to ask that you share something with us that, that about yourself that maybe most people don't know about you. Yeah, so what most people wouldn't know about me and wouldn't even guess is that for the longest time, my plan in life was to be a professional baseball player and had that goal up until about sophomore year in high school and then soon realized, okay, I've hit the max height of, a, of how much I'm going to grow and my skills aren't getting that much better. So I think it might be time to have another dream. And so that's when <laughs> I decided to go the music route because that seemed to be the more promising thing in my future. So yeah, I don't I don't regret having been in sports and having developed some of the different disciplines that it takes to grow skills and to practice and all the things that are pertinent in pretty much every area of life, but I think I dodged a bullet especially with everything that's happening in baseball right now in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Very interesting. You stuck with that dream a lot longer than a lot of us do. I think a lot of us have those those dreams to be a professional athlete, that sort of thing. And and uh, I know for me, I think that fizzled out in in elementary school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you made it longer. <laughs> well, you're you're smarter than me, you know, because I just started doing the math. I'm like, all right, there's how many people in high school that play baseball? How many go on to play college ball? How many go on to play professional? You know what? I think I'm I'm probably not destined for this. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you've been able to uh, to make a good go at it, doing some other stuff, taking an alternative route, and um, and, and that's what I want to jump into right now. Actually, you've you've taken a little bit of a different approach to entrepreneurship than a lot of people have. Um, you know, for for a lot of people, they think about it for a long time and and 
find something that they're passionate about or good at and, and, and jump in. Eventually they get that little push and, and make that leap to start their business, whether it's a side hustle or go all in and, and just start their business full time. You had a little bit of a different route, uh, to get to this point. Can you give us a little bit uh, of a background about that story? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the beginning of it's kind of sad. Um, it all comes from a place of just being completely broken from a divorce. And so my wife of 10 years kind of one day came home and said, you know what? I'm done with our relationship. And, um, so that meant that I not only had to figure out a lot of things for my life, but I needed to figure out how to make some extra money. So I couldn't go and get a part-time job at like a retail store or drive Uber because I had my three daughters and we split custody, but you know, I still wanted to be able to go and get them if, if I needed to, if they were sick or, um, if their mom ended up, you know, not being able to take care of them for a day that was hers or whatever. So I had to figure out something that I could do from home while they were with me. And so had kind of developed some web design skills, um, you know, maybe a few months before she ended up leaving. And from that, from the, you know, encouragement of a friend was like, you know what, I think I'm just going to try to do some freelance web design. And so started out, had a really slow go at first, but kept to it. And then within about 18 months, um, I had doubled the income of my full-time job, uh, only doing about 18 hours a week as a freelance web designer. And, wow. at, you know, at, at that point I thought, okay, there's probably something to this here. <laughs> and, Absolutely. Uh, you know, not only was I making good money, but, but I really loved it. And so my full-time job, I say what it was uh, at the time was the equivalent of a full-time musician. Really, I was a what's called a worship pastor at a church. So, um, and it was a bigger church. You know, I led all of the music teams, so all the instrumentalists and the singers, the vocalists, um, across multiple campuses and multiple states. You know, so it was a demanding job, um, but still was able to carve out time to do web design. And then, probably about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I I just started having the itch of you know, I think I might want to take web design full time and then do the music part time. So it's essentially flipped the script and started applying for jobs, started building a resume, started putting together portfolio and it didn't take too long. And I was able to land a, a really great position at a company that was only four miles away from my house. And so I've been there for a year and a half coming up on two years now. And, and just absolutely love it. And, um, you know, from being at the company that I work for, it's called Show It. Um, we've got a, a drag and drop web builder, um, similar to Wix, but much better if anybody's asking. Um, so <laughs> yeah. And I don't say that like, oh, I work there. So I have to say it. like, it's, it's amazing. Like if you, it, you know, have any time, go, go check it out. Show it.co. It's, it's fantastic. But, uh, there were some guys that I was working with that, um, we're going to college for computer science and just talking to them about their life goals as is something that I bring up consistently with people just to kind of figure out, you know, what, what their hearts are and, and what their goals are and how I can be a part of helping them in those things. 
um, you know, one of the guys had mentioned that they wanted to start and build a business. And so I was like, well, why, why aren't you doing something with web development or web design? Like you have more skills than I did when I first got started. And so you could easily be successful doing this. So he took it to heart, um, mentored him, uh, for a few months. And then he ended up, um, just absolutely crushing it. And as a college student was making like $120 an hour. And so just, just kind of thought to myself, if, if I could help Josh, who's the, the, the young guy that I helped out at the time, if I can help Josh, like maybe there's more people out there that I can help. And so I uh, started a blog and a podcast called the selfmadewebdesigner.com and um, have been doing that since uh, last September 2019, which feels like centuries ago and now in the wake of everything that's happened in our world. So yeah, <laughs> sorry for the long, sorry for the long version of my story, but that's kind of the, the, the high and low of it. Yeah, no, thank you very much. Uh, lots of good information there. Uh, I'm curious, what was the reaction that you had from friends and family whenever you said, hey, I'm, I'm going to do as you said, flip the script, and and I want to go full time and do this web design deal and do music on the side. What kind of reaction did you get? Yeah, you know, it's it was a long process, and because I was at my job for thirteen years, and so and I'm still at that church. Like I'm I'm still very much a part of the community. Um, didn't leave on bad terms or anything like that. Um, and so it, it took a lot of processing. You know, I talked about it, uh, with my wife and at, at first, um, it was tough for her to process. And so it, it took a lot of talking and, and chatting about what our lives would look like and how that would make a difference in our family. Um, but eventually, you know, her heart kind of changed and she was on board with it and saw that this could actually be a really beneficial thing for our family. Um, and so, you know, I, I didn't really get a lot of backlash, obviously, um, you know, people had always kind of seen me as this one thing. And, uh, so it was a little bit weird when I would tell them, Hey, I'm going to be a full-time web designer now. Um, but for the most part, you know, like it, it was my community that was a huge portion of the reason why I, I've been successful in what I've done. Um, and, and I talk about this. I've got a, a free um, course that I give to people. And I say that community is, is the one thing that nobody really talks about when it comes to being an entrepreneur or starting out in a new career or, you know, whatever you're doing that is going to take, you know, like a significant amount of grit and effort. Like, Without community, it's going to be incredibly tough. And, and I know that 100% personally because I had people in my life that were mentoring me when I was first getting started, still mentoring me to this day. And, you know, without them, with, without friends who would be honest with me about something I was doing or something I should be doing, I, I guarantee you, I would not be here talking to you on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Surrounding yourself with, the right people is, is so incredibly important. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And I think it's, it, it goes a little bit farther than that. It, it has to be an in, intentional effort to seek out people that you are building relationships with, that you're investing in and um, that you're asking to be invested by, you know, and I, I think that 
when we say the word networking, most of us just kind of cringe because it just feels so, you know, so sleazy. Like we're trying to get something mm-hmm. from someone. But, you know, if, if there's one thing that I think is more important than anything else in business, it's, it's having solid relationships and in a community of people that you can lean on and that can lean on you. And so you, you have to look at it in the sense of I'm here for people. Um, and people aren't here for me. Um, but you know, I, I've never been on the end of that going wrong for me, right? Where somebody took advantage of me. And, and even if they did, it didn't really matter because I knew what I was getting into. You know, like when I, when I build a relationship, I approach it with both hands open saying, I'm here to give and not to get anything. And, uh, there's, there's a great, uh, book that, um, really talks a lot about this called Love is the Killer App. And it just talks about giving away the resource of friendships, you know? So if, if you have a connection that somebody else would benefit from, then don't feel like you've got to keep it in your pocket and save it for a better person or a better opportunity. Like give those resources and relationships away. Um, because, you know, ultimately like if we build big businesses and everybody hates us, like what have we done? You know, like we've not really accomplished much, but if, if we build big businesses and we are the reason for other people's success and the reason for other people building their own big business, like we'll have a legacy to look back on that we can be proud of. And that, that really is my goal um, as a business person, as uh, a husband, as a dad, that, that I would do everything that I can to pour into the relationship of the person that's sitting across the table from me. And it's, and it turns out it makes good business sense as well. You know, in my experience, I've found that you never lose with generosity. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. You, you always, you, you're going to get back what you give and, and so much more. Um, you know, may, maybe not in every situation, but over the long term. 100% agree with what you're saying. Just going in with that, that, you know, the, the right heart, the right mindset, just give and, and want to help other people. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Um, you've been at this for a little while now. You've been, you know, working with, with students, teaching them. You've been working with many, many clients. So you have confidence in your skills. You have confidence in your ability to, to help people, whether in their business or, or in their lives, if they're trying to do this on their own. When you were first getting started, though, did you ever have any doubts about these abilities? Like, is, is this going to work out? Your, I mean, take, take us back to that first website that you built. Did you have any nerves surrounding that, that, that things were going to come out the way you wanted it to? Yeah. You know, oddly enough, the the more I grow and the more I learn, the less confident I am in myself. <laughs> and uh, I I think you know when I was first getting started, this there was just this blissful ignorance of my abilities because I didn't really know the depth of the knowledge that is out there for the field that I was stepping into. And so you know I don't I don't think insecurity with your skills will ever go away as an entrepreneur, as a, as you know, personally, as a, as a UX designer, web designer, whatever. Um, and so I, I think it's important to realize that, but I think it's also just as important, if not more to not allow that to keep you from 
just going for it. And I, I tend to be on the side of things where I jump in with both feet without really looking. Um, and, and sometimes it works out great and sometimes it doesn't. So I've, I've never had a problem with feeling like, oh man, I, I just am not going to be able to do this because I don't know enough. So, um, in fact, I, I, you know, most of the time run things by my wife and say, am I making a stupid decision? And she slows me down and says, let's think about it before you just jump into this. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I've never really struggled with that, but I know a lot of people do. And so coming from the vantage point of I've made some big risks when it comes to just going for it in life and have seen some success. And so my encouragement is always to people who are asking the question of whether they should just go for it or charge. Like most of the time, like you probably should just go for it. You, you probably should just take the risk and, you know, just launch out into the great unknown and try to build the plane as you're flying, so to speak. And of course, there's some caveats to that, you know, like I, I, I'm not a bit at big advocate of just like burning the ships and saying, I'm going to quit my job and go for this full time without having any sort of income or or backup plan like that is that's not what I'm saying. And that's not what I did. You know, I, I had some safety nets in place. You know, I didn't need the money um, that I was trying to get from the projects that I was bidding on. Um, but, you know, if you can make it to where if you take the risk, your world isn't going to crumble or at least it's not it's it's going to have a minimal amount of of, you know, devastation, so to speak. Um, then, then I say go for it and, and don't let fear be the thing that holds you back because, you know, and this is a really popular topic right now, but, um, you know, the, uh, what is it called? The, um, imposter syndrome where we, we just all feel like when people begin to really understand how little I know, then nobody's going to want to hire me or, it, you know, I'm not going to be able to do the thing that I've set out to do. Um, but it's just not true. You know, we're all, we're all just guessing at stuff and we're taking the knowledge that we have and, and doing the best that we can with it. And, you know, I, I also have this, um, uh, mentality and this is from my music days. Um, you know, cause I've written and recorded and produced albums. And so, you know, there's, there's all of these proper way, ways to like record music or record an instrument and then, um, there's a proper way to like engineer it and edit it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, people say, if it sounds good, it is good, right? So no matter what you had to do, if you had to duct tape a microphone together and, you know, like play it, uh, the guitar in the bathroom because it had really good acoustics and then, you know, like put all these plugins on top of it to make it sound good. And then it's it at the end of the day, it sounds great. Then that's great. Who cares how you got there? And so that's my mentality when it comes to web design as well. Um, is that no matter what you're having to do to piece together this thing, like if it looks good, if it accomplishes the purpose that the client has set out for it to accomplish, then it's good. And, and don't worry about the proper things or, you know, if the ideology behind what it is that you've done or if the color theory is correct, like, like all of that, you, you know, you kind of learn as you're going and it's not nearly as big of a deal as people tend to tell you from people who are like, you know, 
giving you thoughts of getting a degree from a university or going to a boot camp, you know, like they, those things have their place. But at the end of the day, if you can put together something that um, is valuable, then you should be able to benefit and grow from that. So the takeaway for me from that is, is keep it big picture, right? As long as, like you're saying, as long as the outcome is good, then everything's all good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think that's a good way to look at it. You know, a lot of people get bogged down into the very, you know, minute details of what it means to be a web designer in my case, or, you know, speaking to entrepreneurs, what it means to be a business owner, you know, like I, I know so many people who they were afraid to start a, a web design business because they didn't know if they needed to get an LLC. And I'm like, Good God, man, just start the business, you know, like don't go round and round about an LLC and a URL and a website. And like, I need a domain. I need to register in the Better Business Bureau. And it's like, no, none of that really matters. Like at the end of the day, being a good web designer, being a good UX designer means that there's a client who has a need and you figured out a way to fulfill that need. Absolutely. Figure out the details later. Yeah, absolutely. Very nice. And and I want to circle back real quick to just because I, I think it's important that you brought this up because I was going to if you didn't, and that's imposter syndrome. And, and for those who are unfamiliar, basically imposter syndrome is, is kind of the, the the thoughts that creep up on our head that a lot of us suffer with of who who am I to be doing this or someone's going to pay me money for this, but they're going to find out that I don't really know what I'm doing. That that whole thing, if you do some research on it, it is so interesting to see who suffers from imposter syndrome. Some big, big celebrities uh, that everybody knows, you know, Emma Watson, Ellen, et cetera, all kinds of people study for or suffer from imposter syndrome. They feel like, oh, I'm going to be found out that I don't really know what I'm doing. And, and here the whole world is looking at them and, and looks up to them. And um, so, it's actually, if, if you look at the psychology of it, it's actually a, a good thing to have those thoughts because I, from what I've read, anyhow, is, is people who suffer from imposter syndrome and have those thoughts tend to put a little bit more into their work and, and try harder to make everything better. So I'm glad you brought it up. Don't let that stop you because everyone's thinking the same thing. <laughs> we're all We're all dealing with that. So. Yeah, yeah, there, it's it's a real common um struggle with with pretty much everybody. I unless you're a narcissist, I don't <laughs> I you you've probably experienced, you know, the imposter syndrome and are I, I don't know that it ever goes away, you know, like I love this idea that um you know, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the willingness to keep going even when fear persists. And, and so that's the same thing when it comes to imposter syndrome. You, you, you know, the, the fear and the anxiety will probably never go away. You just have to put one foot in front of the other and keep going. And this is from somebody who suffers with an anxiety disorder. You know, like I have a uh, unfair amount of anxiety in pretty much everything that I try to do, but I just know if I keep going, like I'm going to be able to figure it out. So that's almost a daily struggle then for you to, to have to overcome that. Yeah. You know, it comes and it goes. I, I don't think I'm, okay. I'm, um, I'm as far on the scale as a lot of people are, 
Um, you know, but when I was first applying for jobs, um, as a web designer, I would literally be on the interview having a panic attack, you know, like shortness, shortness of breath, like racing thoughts, all of that stuff. But I knew if I quit, it would only make it worse, you know, because then it only confirms the fact that I'm not good enough to do this. And so I'm like, even if I bomb this interview, I will not stop and I will not say that I have to reschedule or postpone or whatever. And, uh, you know, so I know that anxiety when it comes to stepping into new things is nothing new for a lot of people, but no, no matter where you're at in the course of how much anxiety you struggle with or how much imposter syndrome you might struggle with, like you, you can make it, you can get past it for sure. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with us. Now, in that vein and talking about imposter syndrome and, and confidence in our abilities, that sort of thing, have you ever had a, a time in your business where you just, to go back to your baseball days, just completely struck out? You, you set out to do one thing and it just did did not happen. Have you, have you run into a situation like that? Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, I think that it, it happens pretty consistently, you know, and that's, that is really kind of what makes the difference between business owners that find success and business owners that don't find success. You know, I, I heard a quote by a, a great designer who can't remember his name, but um, he said that one of his mentors told him, that winners lose much more often than losers do. And so I just kind of took that to heart that I would rather be in the business of taking risks and watching them fail, figuring out why they failed, making adjustments, uh, trying something else out, maybe seeing that fail, making another just an another adjustment until I finally came to the place of finding success. And so um, you know, I, I just, um, did a podcast recently. A, a lot of the projects that I got when I was first getting started were through a platform called Upwork. And, um, you know, I, I've, I'm, I'm a big proponent of Upwork. I think that a lot of people, especially web developers and designers, um, can find a lot of good projects on there. I still do, uh, you know, upwards in like, you know, four to $5,000 range for me. I know people who make $10,000 a, a website on Upwork. Like it's a, it's a great platform no matter what you've heard. Um, but, uh, they, they have this rating system where if you do a good job, you get good feedback and you make good money on there, you're considered a top rated freelancer. And so I was a top rated freelancer with a hundred percent score for years. And then some things happened this past year where, I started self-made web designer. I wasn't able to uh, devote as much time to Upwork and the projects that I was getting. I wasn't doing a, a, a great job with communication and feedback. And lo and behold, I lost my top rated freelancer status. And so it was a punch in the gut and made me reevaluate what I was doing, made me reprioritize some things. And so it was a learning lesson. And I, I look at those those moments as the opportunity to learn rather than failure. And, um, you know, that, that comes from uh, a great book I read called, um, growth mindset, which you, you know, I think it's like standard reading for <laughs> entrepreneurs or everybody all the time, you know, and I talk about this with my kids all the time that, y you know, if you're not failing, then you're really missing out 
on opportunities. You know, that failure is not an evaluation on your value as a person. Like failure is just feedback from something that you did, you know, and, and you have to kind of pull all of the emotion out of it and say, you know, I'm like, I'm still loved. People still care for me. Like I'm going to have a future, like the world isn't ending. And so, okay, now that there's, it's, there's no fear-based talk in this, like, what can I learn from it? And what can I do differently? What can I learn about myself? What can I learn about other people? What can I learn about business? And, um, you know, having that mindset, I think is a real key to growing. Absolutely. And it's tough to move past that point where you're taking things personally. Um, but it isn't necessarily a reflection on you. It's, it's a reflection on your business. But yeah, just use, using those situations as information. Okay. What can I change? What can I make better for next time? And then move on taking that emotion out of it. Absolutely vital, a challenge, but vital to do. Yeah. There's, there's a great book by John Acuff called finish. And if you can't tell, I, I read a lot. <laughs> um, but, uh, he, he says that you, you've got to look at failure as data, like they're data points, you know, like, and if I think, cause like what we say about things and the words that we use to describe things, they really allow us to, um, like evaluate things in, the right way or the wrong way. And so if you look at a mistake as a failure versus data, you're going to look at that differently and it's going to cause you to probably be paralyzed and, and probably get frustrated and quit, you know? Um, but if you, if you look at it in the right way, which is, this is just a, a, a data point, you know, like this is like me looking at Google analytics on somebody's website that I'm helping out, you know, like, okay, they've got, more visits to this page versus that page. And so we got to figure out why that's happening. Why are people more attracted to this page? And what can we do to get them to more pages? And how can we keep them on longer? And all those things, you know, um, it, it's, it, you have to look at that as, as an entrepreneur or as a business owner in order to, to have success. Absolutely. 100% agree. Now, as we're going here, we're talking about what it takes to, to reach success, you know, taking that information as data, making those tweaks, working our way through our business to make it more successful. Now, I'm curious, who do you think of? If you had to think of a person, who do you think of when you hear the word successful? And why do you think of that person? Yeah, you know, um, I don't know that I have a single person, you know, because I I just have such a different outlook on a, a, a lot of different things in life. Um, and so I, I tend to draw my idea of success from a, a lot of different people. Right. Um, and so, you know, there, there would be guys like, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk who, you know, he's very successful in business. Um, but at the same time, he's even admittedly said he's, you know, not as successful when it comes to relationships and his family, you know, and, and he's made that decision intentionally and his family supports him in that decision. You know, his wife supports the amount of hours that he works on VaynerMedia and all the other things that, that he does. And so I see him successful in that realm, you know? Um, but there are all these other success factors that to me I'm, I'm going for, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a, a really good dad and a really good husband, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to be, 
you know, I'm a Christian, so I'm trying to be a really good follower of Jesus, you know? And so the, the cool thing to me is that all of these things kind of play together, you know, like I, it's, I think for the longest time we've dichotomized our view of who we are. Right. So, and what that means is, you know, like this is who I am as a business person and this is who I am as a dad. And this is who I am as a husband and as a friend, you know? Um, but people just don't work that way. And, and I think that, um, a lot of businesses are starting to realize that, you know, there, there used to be this saying when I, when I first entered the workforce, the saying was you leave your personal life at home, right? And so you leave your personal problems at home. And, and, and when you come to the workplace, like you're a different person and you put those on a shelf and you pick them up when you're done. But a, a lot of people have realized like you can't really ask people to do that. And you don't get your best work from people when you're forcing them to leave everything on the shelf. And so managers are starting to go, you know what, if I'm going to be a good manager, I have to help people with their lives too. I, you know, and, and so I've, I've done that with self-made web designer as well, talking to people about, um, their own life, how they're prioritizing things. I've had my wife on the podcast and we talk about what we do as a couple to, to make sure that we're communicating well and, and like our marriage stays healthy despite having multiple businesses and a full-time job, um, at the same time. And so, I know this is a roundabout answer, but, but to me, success is, is the whole package. It's, it's not just success in business. It's not just success in, uh, relationships. It's, it's all of those things. And, you know, um, like I was talking about this, me and my family did a really long, um, road trip this last three weeks. And so my wife and I had a lot of chance to have heart to hearts. And, you know, it's, it's so easy as a business owner, um, to, you know, compromise values as you're going, you know, cause you work so hard to build something, right? And then all of a sudden an opportunity comes where it, it kind of shades the lines of what you've said as a value. Um, and it would, it would make the business grow a ton. And so it's so easy to look at that and go, you know what? I'm going to say yes to this, you know, but eventually you look back and you've said yes to things that go against your values, maybe even a little bit so much that it, you're, you, it doesn't look anything like what you set out to do. And so I've always tried to be as value driven as I can to say, you know, if I don't make a dime, um, I'd rather just help people. And, and I'm, I'm not going to advertise myself in a way that is untruthful, even if that means I don't get as many sales, even if that means, um, you know, somebody's going to say no to me and I've, and I've lost business as a result. You know, I've, I've had people who have said, can you do this thing in this amount of time? And I knew, right? Like everybody is probably saying yes to this person, but I can't say yes because I know there's no way. And I have to be honest with them and say like, even, even, even if somebody does say yes, I kind of doubt that they'd be able to do it that job in that amount of time, if that makes sense, right? Like people will lie to you just to get the gig and then they'll just postpone and delay and delay. And so I'd rather be upfront with you and say, you know what? I'm not going to be able to do that in that amount of time. If you can find somebody that can, best of luck, but you probably are better served if you stretch this project out for a longer time. So, um, 
anyways, we're talking a lot about values and different things. I think we're going a little bit off the tra trail from what you originally asked. No, I think you answered it perfectly. The, the reason I asked that question is, is just so people will evaluate and stop and think, okay, what are those things that are important? And I, I think it was a perfect answer because so many people, when we think about success, it's a dollar figure. You know, I, if I get to this point, I'm successful. I get to this point, I'm successful. And, and like you said, we, we end up splitting that professional life and our personal life where that's, that's not how we live. None of us live that way. Our energy isn't divided up, you know, just, uh, you know, it gets to be five o'clock and I'm done and I shut my brain off from work and, and now it's family time. That's just not, not the reality of this situation. So I like that you answered it the way you did. Cause I think it is so important to have a clear view from the outset of what is it that I'm willing to do? How am I willing to do it? And then you can do those checks along the way. Cause like you said, you make that compromise once and then now you've, you've pushed that boundary a little bit and then you make it again. Now you've pushed the boundary a little more and you look back and, and suddenly you're nowhere near where you started or where you said you were going to be or, or willing to go. So. Right. No, absolutely. Great answer. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and for me, it, it's, it has always been about helping the person that looks like I did when I first started as a web designer, you know, uh, coming out of a tough situation, needing to make money and then being able to stair step out of it, you know, and there, there are so many studies about how poverty or lack of resources is the root source for most of the problems that we face as a society, you know, like even when it comes to marriage, you know, it, you know, there's, you have a much higher chance of getting a divorce. If you live below the poverty line, you have a much higher chance of not being successful in a career or in business. If you live below the poverty line. And so seeing that my heart is, I, I want to help people not just get out of the poverty line, but to thrive in life financially and monetarily to where they don't have to worry about where their next meal is coming from or if they're going to have to pay bills. And so that's that's like the North Star to me. And, and everything that I do lines up with how can I help people win or to get to that next level in their career or that next level in their business as a web designer and it is, it is, it has very little to do with the dollar amount that I make because honestly, I haven't made a dollar from self-made web designer. Like, you know, I, I, there's, there's not been anything that I've charged for that I've made money from at this point. Right. Um, but I still find a great degree of fulfillment in the fact that, you know, I've, I've helped people like Josh who, was afraid to get into his own business. Who's now making $120 an hour uh, as a college student and other people that I've talked to that went on to get jobs and as web designers or product designers, other people who got their first gigs after a conversation with me, like, like all of those things are the, the value that I have. And so that will always be the metric for success when it comes to self-made web designer for me is are people growing as a result of what I am putting out there. And, and that's a perfect segue in. Let's, let's talk about self-made web designer. What exactly are you providing there? What are the services and the resources that you provide? Yeah. So what, what I say is I, I try to help people go from knowing nothing about web design or development 
to having either a thriving freelance side hustle or a full-time career in web design or web development. And so right now, the the main thing that I do to help people is I've got a, a free course that I outline every step that I took when I was first getting started to learn and to equip myself. So we we talk about four things. We talk about building a a, a good, strong community. We talk about, talk about learning design principles. We talk about learning development principles. And then we talk about the client aspect of things, the freelancing aspect of things. So, you know, being able to explain your value to a person that you've never met before on a phone call, finding people that are interested in your in your services, right? Uh, developing leads and then making sure that you are nurturing those leads and they become warm leads and they become friends and then be, they become clients, you know, all of those things that most people who have never started a business wouldn't have an idea of, of really knowing. So, um, so that's one aspect of it. Another aspect of it is that I, I've got a podcast called Self-Made Web Designer. I interview a lot of people who are well known in the industry from the tech space, but also, you know, like I've had Nick Loper on from Side Hustle, um, who I was on his podcast as well. And so, you know, uh, it's an opportunity to hear from, from more than one person's perspective, you know, because I have legitimately had people on who have said the opposite things, you know, <laughs> like, um, I had one guy who said, you know, if you, if you want to get into, web design, you need to start with at an agency first rather than doing it on your own. And then I've said, Hey, don't start at an agency, do it on your own. You know? So I think it's always good to have a multiplicity of mindsets and perspectives when it comes to, you know, business or career or whatever, because it can really help you. And, and inevitably everyone is going to resonate with one person more than another. You know, like there, there are entrepreneurs out there that I follow that other people are like, oh, that guy's a jerk or that, that girl's doesn't know what she's talking about or whatever. And, you know, like, I'm like, no, this person gave me the best advice I've ever heard, you know? And so that's part of it. And then there's blog posts and articles that I put out as well. So yeah, so that's that's kind of me and kind of what self-made web designer is been going um since September and doing really well and the podcast was launched in March and so right on the prelude of all the pandemic stuff that started happening. So, uh it was an interesting time to launch, but I I've, I've loved every minute of it. You know, I imagine this is a good time. I mean, the world is completely different than what it was 6-7 months ago. So now you have a lot of people who who maybe want or need to learn another skill and be able to come up with another source of income. Have you found that you're getting a lot of traffic because of that sort of thing? You know, it's, it's been a, it's been a pretty steady growth. Like it's, it's not like there was a huge jump in the curve. It, it probably is because there are other people in the space who have been doing this much longer than me that when somebody goes to look for them, you know, they're one of the first persons that pop up and I'm, you know, a few pages back. So it, it's, 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 it's interesting because I had the same thought too, but you know, I almost prefer there not to be like any sort of astronomical growth right from the beginning, because that can almost set you up for, you know, unhealthy expectations, you know, on everything that you do, because most of the time, like building something it takes a lot of effort, effort. Um, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And if you want it to really grow, you're going to have to stick with it for a really long time. And so I've actually had friends who, you know, they, 
wrote a blog post and the first one they wrote, it went viral, you know, like they had a hundred thousand visitors to that single blog post. And, you know, that's, that's awesome. And that's a, that's amazing, but that can create this assumption that, okay, now everything I do is going to turn to gold and it will always be successful. And then if you find that to be contrary, then you get really discouraged and it's easy to quit. And thankfully, that's not the scenario with a person, with a friend of mine who had that blog post that went viral, has had multiple blog posts go viral. So she obviously knows what she's doing when it comes to viral content. But, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay with the slow growth. I'm okay with helping individuals out as they come. I kind of like the fact that I can have phone calls with people that come to my website and people uh, email me regularly who say, I'd love it if you would mentor me. And my answer is always, of course, you know, like I'm, I'm happy to jump on phone calls with you and, and work things through with you. If you have questions, like here's my cell phone, you know? And so, uh, it, it's been, it's been fun and it's been, it's been good to know that I was a little bit ahead of the curve, you know, cause I had a, a, quite a few friends who reached out to me who lost their jobs and was like, Hey, I need to figure out a way to make some money online. And I'd already been, you know, doing this myself and then had been researching for other people who are asking similar questions outside of web design. So, so long story short, it, it's not been exponential growth, but it, you know, it's, it's certainly been slow and steady and I'm loving it. So let's say I'm looking at maybe getting into learning web design. What are, what are some of those common mistakes that you see people making whenever they're first starting out? What are some of the things that I should be looking out for? Yeah, I, I think that the first thing is you, you don't need to have a certain level of knowledge in order to start charging people. And we talked about this at the very beginning with the imposter syndrome. Like most people have the assumption that they've got to have a degree or they have to have been doing free work for years before they start to ask for something in return. And I, I think that just kind of sets you up for failure or it extends the amount of time that it takes to actually be successful or get some momentum going. And so, you know, I always say, once you have the foundations, just start building things for people because you're going to learn so much more from building something like a legitimate thing for someone, like a legitimate website or a legitimate app for someone. Then if you were just to go through a whole bunch of tutorials and a whole bunch of e-courses, right? And, and I, I know that because that's, that's been the case for me. I've learned a crazy amount just from going, Oh, Hey, Hey friend who I've known for five years, you need a website. Let me give it a shot. You know, versus like, I'm going to follow this guy along on Udemy and see if I can figure out how to build this thing, you know? And so, you know, you certainly do have to have a certain amount of understanding to, to, to get started, you know? So I wouldn't say like, Hey, just go and promise somebody that you're going to build them a $10,000 website and it's going to rock their world. You know, like, like be be upfront about where you're at and the skills that you have. But man, once you're, you know, at, at least a little bit confident in your ability to swim, just jump in the water and go for it. You know, like if all else fails, you can climb back up the shore and, you know, tell them you're sorry and, and go back to the woodshed and try to gain some more skills. So yeah, just go for it is, is one of the best things you can do. And and you touched on this, but one of the biggest struggles that people have is actually asking for money for what they're doing. So when you were first getting started, what was your approach to this? How did you, did you do a lot of free websites? How did you go about starting to charge and feel comfortable asking for money? Well, the very first website I did, 
I, I just said like, Hey, I'll do it for free. If you can't pay me, you know, it's, it's no big deal. Right. And so they ended up giving me like a hundred dollar gift card to Amazon or something. And so then after that, you know, I, I started instantly charging. And so I, I think the, the first dollar amount was like 500 bucks. And then the next one was like 700 bucks. And then the next one was like a thousand. And then I would just stair step up every single time I got a project until I reached a place where I was like, I'm making a good amount of money and this is something I can sustain my life on. And so that's how I encourage people to do it is, you know, you're, when you're first getting started, you're kind of testing the market. You're seeing how much you're actually worth, right? And you can't be afraid to hear a no because most of the time we underbid ourselves. I probably could have gotten paid much more when I first got started. I just didn't know, you know, like I, I had no data to tell me I was worth this much. And so, you know, you've got to be willing to go, okay, how about a thousand dollars? Like just throw a number out there and, and see if it lands. And if it lands, great. If it doesn't land, then you know, okay, I'm asking too much or I'm not offering enough skills to demand the amount that I'm asking for. And so I interviewed um, a guy named Brad Hussey and his episode hasn't come out yet. Hopefully it'll come out by the time this, this episode with your podcast airs, but he encouraged people to like never do something for nothing. Like always ask for something, even if it's a trade, you know, so some of his first websites, um, like he had a guy who had a barbershop and he's like, Hey, I'll build your website for you. Can I have one of your clippers that you don't want to use anymore? You know? And so he, the guy was like, sure, take this clipper, you know, and it's a nice clipper. And so he's like still using that to shave his head, you know, <laughs> like, um, and he did it like 20 years ago. And so it, it, it's always good practice to ask for something, even if you don't feel like you're worth it, you know, and sometimes that could be like, okay, I'm going to do this for free, but I need three legitimate references from you to other people that need websites, you know, like, and then we'll be square. Once you give my name to three people and I get on the phone with them, to potentially build their website, then we're, then we're even, right? And most people would, would be happy to do that. Most people would say, yeah, you're doing this thing for free. Like, I'm, I'm happy to get your name out there and, and make sure other people know about you as long as you do a good job, you know? So that, that's, that's always the, the place that I encourage people is even if you're not charging them something, like make sure that you're asking for some type of value in return. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Always keeping that, that value exchange and, and- building that muscle, right? Building the habit of of asking for something, even if it's not money right away, and you get that yes, and that's going to build confidence and get you to building more and more yeses, hopefully with dollar signs attached <laughs> to those ones as we keep going right. on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what it comes down to is really all about confidence. It's about knowing that, you know, like you have this history of people have said yes before. So I, I, kind of figure that they'll probably, somebody will probably say yes in the future. And so the more yeses you have, the more you're willing to take a little risk and up your price, you know, and, and I've even in the past, you know, I was starting self-made web designer. I doubled my prices because I wanted to slow down on the freelancing side of things. And I was thinking, okay, like if I double my prices, like there's not going to be nearly as many people that say yes to me. Well, it turns out more people 
were asking for me to build their website <laughs> at, at double the amount that I was charging from the past. So then I, I had this real big dilemma, like, shoot, like, what am I going to do? You know, like, I can't say no to this. It's double the amount for the same amount of work. And so I think we, we undersell ourselves as entrepreneurs more times than not. Absolutely. No, nobody is, is undervaluing our own work as, as we are ourselves. <laughs> Everyone else sees that value. Yeah. It's funny because we know all the, the hard work and everything that it went into building the skills. And then yet we're the first ones to sell ourselves short. So great insights there. Now, speaking of insights, I'd like to, to move on to some inspirational things, some insights and, and pick your brain for some resources that maybe we can share with our listeners here. And the first thing I'd like to do is ask you for a, a, a meaningful or inspiring quote that pops into your head and, and tell us what that quote means to you. Yeah, and this is something I say on every podcast at the very end. I say, if, if you don't quit, you win. It's something that I've, I've learned that has, has gotten me over the finish line or you know, towards the, the area of success that I was looking for was that it's, it's more about grit. Being successful is more about just sticking to it, you know, and I have a friend who is a serial entrepreneur and has started multiple businesses and is very successful. And, you know, it, talking with him about different things that I've started, he always encourages me and says, you know, being an entrepreneur is is not necessarily like it's not about figuring out how to make money like that's not the thing that sets good entrepreneurs apart from others you know because if you want to figure out how to make money you know like go find something that's cheap at a garage sale and sell it for more than you bought it for right like you've made money you know but like people who really stand out as entrepreneurs are people who said they had every reason to quit you know they had every reason to give up but for some reason they kept going and and I know that every everything that I've done that has been meaningful you come to the place of going is this worth it should I stop because it's not turning out the way that I thought it would and so it's it's in those decisions that the gold really rises to the top and so you know if you don't quit you win if you keep going you know it, you will find the success and then you get to a point where you realize it's not even about the winning. It's just about continuing to play the game. And um, there's a great book uh, by Simon Sinek called The Infinite Game that talks about the, the people who have the most success in life are the ones that don't see life in terms of goals. They just see it as constantly improving and constantly getting better. And, you know, there is no score at the finish line. There is just... I'm going to keep getting better and keep improving and keep helping people. And so if you don't quit, you win. And what were the other questions that you had? So the, the next one, who are three people you've learned from or followed closely in the last year? Yeah. So the first one is, is definitely a guy named Pat Flynn. And I, I know that a lot of people will probably be familiar with him, but Pat runs a podcast called Smart Passive Income, um, and he's got another podcast that is called Ask Pat, where he just allows people to uh, ask him questions and he gives advice. So I think I've read like three of his books <laughs> over the last year as I've been building self-made web designer, you know, because he's he's been amazing at building businesses and, um, you know, like finding success, even like he started a blog that was all about how to start a food truck. And it, 
he sold it for like $50,000, even though he'd never started a food truck and he has all of these other things that he does. Um, so that's one of them. Another guy is, uh, someone named Michael Hyatt and he's got a great website. A lot of resources is a, um, phenom when it comes to, um, productivity and watching the, the amount of work that you're doing and not having to work an 80 hour week to be successful. And so he's, he has another, uh, great course called, um, platform university, which I've gone through and a lot of those principles I've built self-made web designer on. Um, and then the final person is the CEO of the company that I worked with. And, um, his name is Todd Watson. He doesn't really have his own website or anything, but I've just, I've learned so much from the way that he leads our company that, you know, like seeing the decisions that he's made that benefit the people who are subscribers to our platform, but definitely don't benefit us as a company. And the fact that like, even though we take a loss from it, like the community still like benefits and still rallies behind us. Like it's just, it's, it's pretty surreal. Like it's almost like I, I, I don't even even understand how you've built this thing the way that you have. And it's so successful. So um, those are the three main people from these last couple of years for sure. Now the next question, what is the best or most worthwhile investment you ever made? It can be an investment of money, time, energy. What, what's that best investment you've ever made? I, th- I think uh, I'm, I'm going to be really general here because the, the best investment that I've learned, especially la- later on in life is a hunger for learning. And, you know, it, it sounds cliche, but, you know, after I learned web design, you know, I went on to say like, okay, what else, what else can I learn? And so I've, I've become a voracious reader. Like I've become interested in a lot of different things and a lot of different platforms. And a lot of people even said like, Hey, you should really hone down what it is that you're an expert at. And, and I understand the sentiment in that, but at the same time, like I just have this sense that the the new person or you know the new success story in in this next season of of entrepreneurship are going to be people who are multi-talented or renaissance people and so and not only that but you know the more things that you learn the more you can focus or the the better i guess insight you can have on whatever it is you're an expertise in so there's there's you really can't go wrong in in learning and investing in your yourself as far as the books that you pick up, the courses that you take, whatever it is, but just keep on growing as far as the things that you're learning and, and, and having a better understanding of. And what's interesting about what you said is so many people, you, you know, they say specialize, 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 which, which is true to a point, but then you get in that one lane and you kind of have these blinders on. But if you're, if you're going and you're learning about so many different things, suddenly you have all these different lanes that you can run in and, and you'll find connections between them that there's no other way you would have been able to see those connections before had you only focused on one specific thing. So I absolutely agree, you know, lear- learning more and more and more and, and across different fields and different areas. And, and then you can make all those connections and it can help your business, help your personal life all kinds of things that can be applied across the board. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the more books that I read, the more I, you kind of start to see everybody is just getting their own, their knowledge from other people's books. And so they all start to kind of sound the same. But the people that have really, I guess, innovative thoughts are the ones who are going in a different direction. You know, they're like, they're reading books that nobody's reading. They're, they're studying things that nobody even thought to study, you know? So for instance, you know, I'm, I'm working on, um, at, at my full-time job right now, creating design systems for our company. So, you know, probably don't have enough time to get into what that actually means, but the concept of design systems comes from this one author who was an architect, you know, and, and wrote some books that like changed architecture and how people, you know, built buildings and did different things in city planning and all that kind of stuff. And, and these books are super old, but they've, they've really sculpted what it, what web design is in, in, in our day and age. And so it's just interesting that like, you know, if, if you're going to have thoughts that are different than other people, you've got to look at places that nobody else is looking. Absolutely. Now, going with that thought, I know you do a lot of reading. I'm sure you're listening to a lot of podcasts, taking some courses, that sort of thing. If you had to pick three, and it can be any, any type of resource, books, podcasts, courses, whatever you want it to be. If you could pick your top three resources to learn from, what, what do you think those would be? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with books because I know those are the, well, I mean, I just love books, but those are the most accessible to, to people. So there, so there's really, th there's three that I would recommend. Um, and, and the, the first one is called multipliers by a guy named Liz Wiseman. And it, it's all about leading teams. And it talks about the difference between a leader who multiplies the ability and the strengths of the people that they're leading or a leader who diminishes the abilities and the strengths of the people that they're leading. And um, when I read this, you know, I was leading a team of a hundred plus volunteers and it was really eye opening for me, you know, to go that like, okay, the things that I'm doing as a leader is actually squelching people's um, ability to grow and ability to shine. And so that that was pivotal in my understanding. Another one is a book called Peak by Anders Ericsson. And um, that's, um, if you've read Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers, um, he's got the idea of the 10,000 hour concept that if you spend 10,000 hours on any given thing, like you become a master at that thing. Well, that actually comes from Anders, who is a, a researcher, and I, I forget the type of research. I think he's called an expertise scientist or something like that. So somebody who studies people who have gained expertise. And, um, and so he, he talks about like how he came to the 10,000 hour, um, idea. And you, you know, the core concept of it is that anybody, like there's really no such thing as, having a genetic predisposition that keeps you from being good at anything, right? Like if you, if you want to be good at something, there is a roadmap to it. It's just going to take a long time. Um, so anyways, that's another one. And then finally, there's one, uh, called, uh, super fans by Pat Flynn, who I mentioned earlier. And it just talks about how he's grown his business and how he looks at the, the people that purchase products from him and listen uh, to his podcast and, and how he goes about, um, you know, setting up businesses and all that kind of stuff. That was just super insightful for um, what I'm doing in the season of my life. Yeah. You've thrown out a, 
I do a lot of reading. You've thrown out some books I haven't heard of before today. So, <laughs> oh, nice. Some of some of them I've read, but some of them are new. So that's awesome. Now, what's something that has to be done in your business that you you're just not very good at, and how do you solve the problem? For a while there, I was really into the Clifton Strength Finders, um, and I, I read all the books, I took all the tests, I did all the things. Actually, paid. You know, Clifton's. You, you do this. You do this quiz and it tells you your top 10 like strengths that you have or sorry, top five, you know, so some people are good at being creative. Some people are good at, um, you know, they're people person so they can, they can woo people with their personality and create friends really easily. So I, I did, you can do the top five or you can do there's, I think there's like 50. So it, it shows you like where on the scale, all of these strengths or weaknesses are. And so I paid to see what my bottom strengths were or my biggest weaknesses were. And it turns out that organization is my biggest weakness. And so, you know, a lot of times, especially when you're dealing with clients, you have to be organized and you have to make sure that you've got workflows and systems in place that, you know, help them know that projects are moving along as they've asked you to, or like you're not missing things that they asked you to um, fix or change, you know, because at the end of the day, if, if that happens enough, like they're going to give you a bad rating. And so I've, I've, I've had to do just that. I've had to create systems and workflows and Trello boards and, and, and stick to them religiously, you know, to make sure that I, I don't miss things. And I'm constantly tweaking those processes and, and making changes. Um, and I, you know, I still stumble forward. Um, but I think, because I, I, I'm, I'm able to make up for it in my strengths, you know, with my ability to build relationships with people, my ability to have a creative understanding of what they're actually asking of me, you know, it's, it's, it's helped me to kind of minimize that, that weakness in my own life. Very nice. Yeah. And I, I use Trello all the time for stuff as well. I think it's a, a great simple system to use. So for those of you out there who haven't heard of Trello, go check it out. It's great to use for projects and just keeping things in, in line. You're not a systems guy necessarily, so you might be a little bit more free form, but what, what does your ideal day look like? Do you have a, a specific routine you like to follow or what, what helps you be the best version of you throughout the day? Yeah, you know, it, it, it I've, I've tried so many things <laughs> throughout the years and I, I've tried sticking to stuff. Um, some of it works for a while and some of it doesn't work at all. The, the one system that I've uh, found the most success with is uh, something called the 12 week year. Been able to accomplish a lot of it. And it's, it's just this idea that rather than making yearly goals, you're, you're making, you know, essentially quarterly goals. And there's a system that you, you have a score chart, you're meeting with people at the end of the week to see how well you scored. Um, and so, you know, I, I tend to think less in terms of days and more in terms of like a week period of time. Like, did I get this stuff done within the week? Just because that's how more my brain works. Like I'm, I'm, I love to trace or to chase rabbits when they pop up because there's a lot of really good things that can come from just starting to go down rabbit holes. But, you know, sometimes you've got to give yourself grace to say like, okay, I actually didn't accomplish anything today, but tomorrow I'm going to really hone in and get these things finished. So 12 week year, can't recommend it enough. Yeah. That's a, that's a great book. What would you say your number one productivity secret is? And I'm curious to hear this answer since you do like to go down the rabbit hole once in a while. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it, this is this is going to be kind of cliche. I I think the thing that takes helps me be most productive is being giving myself a lot of grace when I'm not productive. And there, there's another book that I recently le- read uh, called Indistractable. The author talks a lot about how the thing that will get you off track the most or make you procrastinate the most or make you least productive is being incredibly hard on yourself when when you do make mistakes or you do get distracted or go down the rabbit hole or turn on Facebook or you know spend too long having a conversation with a friend over lunch you know all of those types of things so you know i wish i could say like all right here's what i do i I've, I've got a three point system to staying productive but i've tried so many things and most of them just don't stick but the thing that helps me the most is just giving myself as much grace as I possibly can, because I know ultimately I'm, I, you know, I'm not trying to be unproductive, right? Like I'm trying to get as much stuff done as I can. And so, you know, it, it, but when I'm, when I'm really hard on myself and get down on myself, I, I tend to keep going down that spiral, you know, of like, oh man, I'm not productive. Like, okay, well I can't do any good. So I'm just going to go look on Instagram or I'm going to go check out the news to see what's happening, you know? rather than actually getting good work done. So that would be the main thing that I would say is the the productivity hack that has helped me the most. Do you find that you're more productive? Is it, is it more of an energy thing for you? Kind of you, you get in the zone, get in that flow state, and that's when you pump up the productivity and it just comes in waves versus following a specific schedule? Yeah, absolutely. And for me, there's there's not really a schedule where like, the productivity hits or doesn't like it just comes at where it doesn't. And so I just have to be ready for when it does. And, and I just kind of go for it and just keep my head down and keep going. Um, I can say, you know, like with having all my kids stay home from school and having to work from home because of the quarantine and the pandemic that's happening, it's, it's been the hardest season of productivity for me and, and my wife and my family than, than I've ever experienced. And so, you know, like, I don't think that flow state is happening a lot right now, you know, because I'll, I'll start getting in that flow state. And then all of a sudden my kid will come in and ask to borrow my phone so they can play Roblox, you know, and then another time they come down because somebody stole the phone when they were playing Roblox, you know, so, um, so it's tough. Like this is, this is a crazy tough season for productivity. And so I think if you're even trying to be productive, like you're probably winning (laughs) right now in this season of life. (laughs) What is it that keeps you motivated? Because as you reach a certain level of success, sometimes it's it's easy to take your, your foot off the gas a little bit and, and just become a little bit more complacent. How do you keep yourself motivated and moving forward? Yeah, I think it's in how you define success, you know. Um, and for me, it's all about that one person that um, is, is needing to um, get more income who has come through a tough season who's lost a job or or gone through a divorce. And so I I think of myself, you know, like they say when you're when you're building a business, you need to have a customer avatar. You need to have you know, most most people would say until you reach a million dollars a year, you need to have a single person, you know, that you you've defined and you've given a name and and you know their likes and their dislikes. And so my my person is myself seven years ago who didn't know what he was going to do to make money for his family. And so that is a really good motivator to me to keep going because I remember the pain. You know, I remember the pain of going, 
what am I going to do to provide for my kids? And how am I going to save for their, for their college? And will I be able to buy a house? Will I be able to pay my bills? Like all of those questions were very real to me. And so, you know, no matter what level of success monetarily I find, like it's all about helping that one person out that looks like who I looked like when I was first getting started and all this. Yeah. So key to keep coming back to that and, and keeping that top of mind. Now you have, you have a, a day job. You're doing self-made web designer. You mm -hmm. have kids, a family. So you're a busy guy. Yes. What is it that you do to, to recharge from all of this? You have, you have hobbies or who are you spending your non-business hours with? What, what do you do to recharge those batteries so you don't get burned out? Yeah. Well, for me, uh, it certainly is prayer. Um, you know, coming back to my relationship with, with Jesus and, and my faith. It's also spending time with my wife and my kids. Um, but then, you know, just a, a, a really, you know, nobody's going to like this answer, but I binge on Netflix. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like my, my brain goes so fast all of the time that I have to have something where I just am not thinking about anything. And the thing that I found helps me the most is finding some stupid show to watch that, you know, is probably has a lot of gunfire and a lot of people fighting each other or something like that. You know, like that's, <laughs> that's my guilty pleasure is, uh, any kind of movie where there's guns and shooting and different things where it doesn't look anything like my reality. And so I don't have to think about anything going on in my world for that moment in time. Just a little bit of an escape just to. Just Absolutely. De-stress a little bit. Yep. Yep. Very nice. Well, Chris, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and joining us today. Uh, everybody, make sure you go out to selfmadewebdesigner.com. Check out Chris's work. He has a lot of great resources out there, a free course even that you can take. So make sure you hit him up and, and, and chat with him, learn more about what he has out there to offer. And he's there to really help help you take control of your future and help you get through, uh, you know, if, if you are experiencing a tough time or you just want to pivot and, and really go for it and take control of your own life, he's there for you. Chris, again, thank you for, for coming on with us. Thanks so much for having me on, Chris. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Help for Solopreneurs podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate it. Until next time.